Welcome, everybody, to the Bible Thumper podcast. My name is Patrick Hayes, and my co-host Caleb Jenks is trying to work out some bugs on his end, which is down in uh, somewhere around Waco, Colorado. I'm in Western Colorado, and I, did I just say Waco, Colorado? I might have. It's Waco, Texas. Anyway, welcome to the Bible Thumper podcast. There are a whole bunch of pieces of disappointing news that I need to start with. Number one, Caleb is having some technical difficulty, so he hasn't been able to join me just yet. Number two, the phone calls that we thought were working so well have fallen apart, and we're probably not going to be able to take any calls tonight, which means we're just going to need you to type in your comments and your questions as we did before, and we'll do the best we can, and we'll try to get those bugs worked out here in this next week so that everything will work for the following week. Okay, Caleb is trying to join me. Caleb, I'm bringing you in. Everything looks good. Sorry if I didn't give you time to get your coffee. Are you there? I am. Can you hear me? I can. It doesn't sound real clear, but that's okay. Nothing else is working tonight. Why should why should the audio? How do I sound to you? Uh, you sound great. I am on a different headset that I've been on in the past, so that could be a problem. Yeah, what happened to your normal setup? The one that was working so well all these weeks? <laughs> we didn't want to stick with that. No, that would be too simple. <laughs> okay, Caleb, uh, introduce the topic. How do we pray? I'm going to share this with a couple of Facebook pages, so hopefully we can get some people watching us. All right. So, yeah, that is the topic tonight is how do I pray? I think it's a great topic. Um, and it's kind of interesting because for those that didn't grow up in a Christian home, this might be kind of a uh, an odd topic if you weren't if you weren't Christian, if you didn't grow up that way. I grew up praying as long as I can remember. And I've been exposed to a, a whole lot of different types of praying. Every, every different Christian out there, I'm specifically talking about Christian prayer, every, every Christian that's out there has a little different, different take on, on how we do this prayer thing. Um, so I guess for me, I guess if I, if I was to jump right in, one of the things that I would say that is probably important for us to discuss tonight and cover on this topic is how should I pray? And then we probably should also get into how should I not pray? Uh, the Bible talks almost as much about how not to pray or maybe more about how not to pray than it does about how to pray. So do you want a little bit more time? Cause I got some thoughts I could throw in here. Or are you, are you good to go? Keep going. Keep going. All right. So am I centered on the screen? Cause I'm having a hard time seeing it here, but as long as, Move as long over as to your left about an inch. Wait, back the other the, way a half inch. The other left? No, back the other way a quarter inch now. Okay, that's okay. perfect. I'm not, wor <laughs> I'm not worried about it getting, being that perfect. Uh, so one of the things that I encountered partway through my, my life as a Christian is the idea of prayer and how important was it. And um, is that something that we should, the Bible talks about praying without ceasing. I wish my phone mount was working better here. So hopefully it's pretty steady, but shall, shall we consider prayer as the most important thing for a Christian or is it maybe 50% or is it 10% Where does it fall on the importance level as a Christian? If you're a Christian, do you have to pray? And so I got to, I got to studying about it and thinking about it a little bit. And it's like, why, what is prayer and why did, why, why is this something that's important for us? So it's actually really interesting to think about the fact that we were created for communion with God. God created everything else. And that is one thing that's different about us is we were, we were created to be companions with God and to have relationship with him. So aside from prayer or actual communication with him, um, it seems like we would be completely missing out on the whole reason we were created. And so that's actually kind of exciting when you think about it in that light, that if God created me to have conversation with him, I should actually be excited about prayer. So I think that in that light, this is an actually exciting topic. 
and it's not just a technical topic. Um, it's not something that we're just going to laboriously go through, but I'm excited to actually d dive into it because it is. So I sound like I'm in a tunnel and it's not great, says my co-host. All yeah. right. So I'm going to let I you. I was going to try to send that I'm to see, you through I think... text subtly, but <laughs> right. I mean, everyone can hear it. So if you just want to get back in your car and drive out of the tunnel and then start talking to us again, that would be just fine. Yeah, I'm going to let you take it over for a second here, and I may actually drop back out for a second while I get this uh, going better here. Okay. So right, I'll be right back. I wasn't listening to a single thing Caleb said, so I'm just going to Shocker. jump into it, and I'm going to talk to everyone and tell you, as far as prayer goes, when I started out as a Christian, I had a Bible in my hand. And that was great. That made sense to me. That was something that I could jump into. I could read it and I could feel like I was doing the will of God. I was learning about God and that was great. And you hear about prayer, you read about prayer in the Bible, but I grossly underestimated the importance of prayer and the power that there was behind it. And it probably wasn't until I was, I don't know, uh, several years into Christianity. And really when I got married and started a family and there are all these people that I really love and I want the best for, that's when I started to very seriously look into prayer, how to do it, how to accomplish great th things uh, by it. And that's when I really started to spend more time praying. Now, I'll tell you this, let me start out with the things that I struggle with. The biggest thing that I struggle with is praying to God when things are bad. Now, I don't mean that I have trouble getting on my knees and praying or talking to God when things are bad. What I'm saying is I have trouble doing it other than when things are bad. So I'm kind of like that terrible college student that just left home for the first time and, you know, they're busy with life and they've got a lot of things going on. And typically they're going to, the, the mom and dad are going to hear from them when they need money. And one of my favorite preachers, he was explaining how when his son was off at college and he would call up and talk to his mom and talk to his dad and he would ask his dad for some money that he would only send them a little bit of money at a time. And the reason for this was that he wanted to hear from his son more often. So he wouldn't send him too much money because then the son wouldn't have a reason to call to ask his dad for money. And, you know, I caught myself doing this and it really bothered me. So, sorry, everyone. Now I have an echo. Whatever's going on with Caleb's stuff seems to be contagious. So let me... Okay. Nope. Still did it. Whatever. Caleb, just give me a thumbs up when you're ready. Nope. He's gone again. Can't have him come back in. I'll tell you what, this podcast cannot seem to get off the ground. As far as audio video stuff, it's just a circus. I'm going to find some circus theme music that we can just play in the background you know, with some clowns and some dancing bears on unicycles that go around in a circle as we're doing this. Okay, so sticking to the subject and getting back to prayer. So one of my goals now is to pray to God and ask him for all the things that I would ask him for when things are bad, help with different things, um, provision in different ways. And I try to make sure that that is a habit of mine that I keep up every single day. And I'll tell you what, when I learned that lesson, it was almost as if I felt like God had a sigh of relief and God was thinking, oh, finally, we can move on to something else. You know, it took Patrick so long to figure this out. So a big transition for me was switching over from foxhole praying over to uh, talking to God because it's, it's a good way to keep up a relationship. So one of the things when I will talk to a new Christian, 
I'll always ask them, I'll say, look, if you want to get to know someone, uh, the, the girl that you're hoping to marry, or if, or there's anyone else, a friend, a family member, anyone that you want to get to know, how are you going to accomplish that? And really, you're going to get to know someone in two ways. You're going to talk to them and you're going to listen to them. And those are the things that we get from Bible reading and prayer. But it's easy to enjoy one and neglect the other. Now, I'm sure there are people out there that just love praying and that's a big thing for them. And and they're a little wishy-washy on the Bible. I was the exact opposite. For me, I was the guy that I felt accomplished when I would read the Bible. I would start reading the Bible. I'd be on chapter five. And by the time I was done, I was on chapter 10 and I could, I could see something. I, I made some progress and, and I went forward and, you know, that was a great thing for me. And uh, I felt like I could cross something off the list, but praying was difficult because praying requires a lot of faith because I'm literally talking to somebody that I can't see. And then on top of that, I don't know when the prayer is going to be answered. And there were some prayers, the hardest ones for me were always prayers for people that uh, I loved and wanted to see saved. They might not even live in the same state as I do. So for me, it was difficult because I'm praying for these people and I can't see what's going on. And I'm just hoping that God's hearing my prayers and that things are coming to pass. One of the greatest things for me, as far as prayer goes, was when I started to see prayers answered. That, as a young Christian, opened my eyes and just really blew me out of the water. I mean, that was what made it real for me. All of a sudden, I felt like I could talk to the creator of the universe, and he heard me. And not only did he hear me, he wanted to talk to me. Now, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> some of you are praying for our sound equipment, and it is appreciated. I am going to anoint all of this stuff with oil, possibly with salt water by throwing it in the ocean, and we'll see what comes to pass. Caleb, are you ready for me to try to bring you back in? It is. It's a lot better. Okay, I'm bringing you in. Okay, there you are. So let me just give my last point, and Caleb, I'll let you jump in and correct all my nonsense. This is the best thing that I learned as far as what God showed me concerning prayer. I was a dad with two boys. My second son he could only have been maybe a year old or a year and a half, whatever the timeline is where kids only know like 10 words. And it's an adorable time for a little kid because they're just cute as a button. And you mean the whole world to them. So I would come home from work and I'd be tired. Maybe I'd be sunburned and dehydrated. And like a lot of guys after a long, hard, hot day of work, you're just wiped out. And I would walk in the door and my son, who his name is Washington and he's 11 right now, but we're talking about, you know, nine or 10 years ago, he would run up to me and he would point down at his feet and he would say, daddy, shoo. And he would just stare at me. And then he would say, daddy, ball. And he would point to the ball on the floor and he would stare at me. And he would run around the house and he would point at all the different things that he knew the word for the object. And he would just say what it is. Now, that conversation was a lame one by any measurable standard. But I sat there thrilled to listen to that kid talk to me for half an hour, 45 minutes, I was just thrilled that he wanted to talk to me. And when I read through the Bible, the name God uses more than any other is Father. And I always have to remember that when I pray to God, God is thrilled to hear my voice. And even if it doesn't make sense, even if I'm not good at praying, even if I'm new at it, 
God is still thrilled to hear the voice of his young child. And he will sit there and he will listen and he wants to answer our prayers. Now, we can get off subject into answering some different questions with that idea, but we have to remember that we are God's child who he loves and he wants to hear from us. Caleb, please take it away. What do you got for us? Yeah, so that's that's something that's really interesting is this actually ties right in because I think prayer and and reading scripture actually tie in hand in hand. You can't you can't know someone or claim to know him without having a relationship. And so it would be like, well, of course, here it is Valentine's Day and I'm off on a podcast, but uh, it would be like me being married and then not communicating at all with somebody that I claim to love. So I love the idea that in prayer, we have the opportunity to actually have, have a conversation with God. And if we really want to know him, if we love him, that should be an exciting thing for us. And I guess that in mind, one of the things that I have after growing up as in a Christian home, praying all my life, something that's interesting about it is I, I had some really weird preconceived notions about what prayer was and how maybe the, te- the technical side of it. And so before we try to get into how should we pray, I'd like to say that I think that prayer is simply a conversation that we should have as a, as a child to the father, like what you just said, Patrick, I think that being able to just communicate with him in a simple conversation, that's one of the things I've tried to impart to my children is there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to pray. Just talk to God like you're talking to a friend, just like you're talking to your dad. And that I think is a really, really good first start in prayer is just to realize that we could sit here and talk about how should we pray. And I think that there are do's and don'ts, but overall, you can't go wrong just talking to God as a friend. So I always Can like I jump to in there real God fast? That. Yeah. Okay. That is a great point. And let me bring this up mostly for all of our, I'll say, Catholic and Lutheran followers. There might be some other groups in there. But you might have come from a church where there are books of prayers written by someone and you're just supposed to recite it. Let me tell you, if you feel weird doing that, there's a reason. If you feel fake doing that, there's a reason. And what Caleb said, hit the nail on the head. Just talk to God like you're talking to a friend that you love. That's that's who's listening on the other side. You might not be able to see him, but believe me, it's not someone that's mad at you. It's not someone that wants harm or bad things for you. It is your best friend, your father who loves you. That is who you need to talk to and just be normal. Thank you for your time. Yep. (laughs) All right. You're going to get off your soapbox now. All right. So yeah, that's as far as on the very basic level of actual communication with God, it doesn't really matter how you do it. Just do it. All right. So that's my, that's the number one thing. There's a lot to get into with, with this. And the Bible has a lot to say about prayer. I'm not going to get into very much here, but I obviously the first thing that comes to mind, it was the Lord's prayer. I'm going to skip that initially. I'm I'm sure most of us have all recited that, but there's something that I'd like to get to in that. There is Matthew uh, chapter six has some really, really good instruction here. If you go to verse five, it says, and when you pray, you should not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, that they have the reward, but what, but you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you shut the door, pray to your father, who's in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore do not be like them for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask in this manner, therefore pray. And then he goes on to the, to the, the Lord's prayer. So, the interesting thing about that is the reason that it says that the heathen use vain repetition is because they're praying to dead rocks or carvings that don't listen to them. So of course they got to ask a hundred times because they're never going to get what they ask for. <laughs> but, um, and, and so it's kind of a, I like the way that Jesus kind of pokes fun too at, at, at well, and Elijah, I got a kick out of that too. And Elijah was like, Hey, maybe you should pray a little louder. <laughs> you know, cut Maybe your harder. God is sleeping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but it, the, the cool thing about it is, is it isn't that way. And Jesus seemed to make that very clear. If we say something to God, he hears us the first time. It didn't seem like there was any real specific way that we had to do it. It was just 
pray to God like you were talking to a friend. And so it was a very simple prayer. And so, so as far as the whole communication aspect of it, which is actually a very small part of it, there's other, other things that go into the whole prayer thing as far as what we pray for, how we pray, why we pray, what we believe when we pray. Do we have unrealistic prayers? Do we have unanswered prayers because we're asking for the wrong thing? And those things are all addressed in scripture. But as far as the communication goes there, I think that it's really good to keep in mind that, like Patrick said, you don't have to recite a memorized prayer. It is simply talking to your father in heaven who loves you and who, and who is clearly listening. You don't have to tell him twice. And it's also cool that Jesus says here, he says that, he, that your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. In this manner, therefore, pray. So that makes, when I go to God in prayer, it, it simplifies the pressure that's on me because the way that I perceived prayer years ago and the way that I grew up, there was a lot of pressure on sort of playing chess with life and telling God how he needed to sort out your problems or sort out somebody else's problems and trying to, trying to come up with a, a theory for how you think you could get your way out of this pinch you're in or somebody could get their, their way out of that pinch by saying, God, you know, would you fix their car that's broke down? And then would you help them with this problem and that problem? And, and somehow through all these, these requests that we make, we sort of boss God around like he's like he sort of owes it to us to do everything that we ask him. The thing is, he already knows what we need before we ask. And he's going to give us what we need. We already know that that's a promise. And so when we go to God in prayer, I think it's sometimes good for us to do it more in the manner that Jesus said, to just say, our father who's in heaven, holy be your name and your kingdom come and your will be done rather than coming to him with our laundry list of everything that we want him to do. And then wondering why he doesn't do it. Sometimes it's not his will. Anyway, so as far as, you know, healing and many other things that we can pray for, that we should always keep that in mind that we should be first and foremost seeking God's will and not our own. And obviously God does listen to us. And there's quite a few examples that I think are pretty exciting in scripture where God changed the course of action because of somebody interceding. But anyway, I'll let you jump back in. You know, hold on a second. Let me see. Does this help? Nope. Does this help? Does this? Do you still have an echo on your end? Wow. That's amazing. If I mute you, then I don't hear my echo. I don't know. Okay, so I'm going to ask the question then for the listeners that are live. Is there an echo on Facebook Live? Um, go Great ahead and message question. us there in the comments here. If there is, then then we might need to mute me as soon as I get done, so that so Patrick's not echoing back. All right, so where's the cricket sound effect, Patrick? This is where we need the cricket sound effect. All right, so I'm going to go on to a couple of a couple of things that um, that I wanted to to point out, and that is faith and how faith. Okay, so it looks like um, Stephen says that he does not hear the echo in the feed. I'm okay, not sure if he's on the good. Live TV at, uh, uh, feed or if he's actually on Facebook Live. Um, but he's not hearing it. So hopefully it's just on your end there. Sounds good. So yeah, what I was going to say is faith plays, I think more so into prayer than does anything else. And actually having belief in God, I don't think that you can have a very successful prayer life if you don't actually know what you believe as far as um, the authority of God's word, who God is. And if, if you don't have some of that stuff sorted out, it makes it hard to actually believe promises that are in the Bible. If you don't know, if you don't trust that the Bible is true, it's hard to believe those promises. And if you don't believe those promises, then what, what sort what, what reason do you have to pray and trust God to actually answer a prayer? You're sort of just praying in vain. In my opinion, if you don't really believe that God keeps his promise, that he does what he says and that he hears you. So anyway, hopefully you can jump in now and the echo doesn't kill you. Yeah. You know, something that you brought up something and I already forgot what you said, but it made me think of an idea that God always hears our prayers every single time. It's very clear. It says that in the Bible over and over again. I'm not going to start searching for the verses. But one thing you got to remember is that God acts kind of like a, uh, a traffic signal. OK, you have red, yellow and green. There are some prayers where God says, yep, sure thing. Here you go. And he answers it. He answers it with a yes. And you get what you pray for. There are other times when God gives you a red light. He says, no, that's it. You're not getting that. And the thing you got to remember is every time I get a red light, it's because it's not good for me. God has a plan. 
He has a plan that's better than my plan. And God is not going to allow me to mess up my life by him answering prayers that are bad for me. I do enough stuff that's bad for me. God's not going to help out with the train wreck that I can cause in my life. And then there are other prayers where he gives us a yellow light. And God says, not yet. You might get a yes to that prayer, but you're not getting it just yet. So you got to keep praying. You got to keep asking. And you got to keep doing the will of God. And you don't know if you're going to get a yes or a no. But it's important that we don't give up on something. With that being said, the best thing you can always do is pray for the will of God. God, what's the what's your will in my life? Because at the end of the day, that's what I want. I want the will of God in my life more than I want my desires to come to pass in my life. Yeah, that's really good. Um, I think that when we get to a point of thinking that somehow God doesn't know best anyways, I'm curious if after I put these headphones on, if that, if that helped with the echo or not on your end. Test, Hopefully test, it did. test, test. Nope. Still there. Still there. Don't worry okay. about it. We'll fix it, but it's not going to hurt yeah. me tonight. So yeah, that's um, something that I, that I've thought about in the past is if, if I somehow think that, God isn't sufficient in his knowledge of what I need and that I have to inform him of everything that I need. Do I, am I actually in doing that? I'm, I'm sort of admitting up front that I don't actually have that much faith in God. I have more faith in myself and my ability to tell God what he needs to do. So if I really trust God for whatever the, for whatever the, uh, the, the thing is that I'm approaching him for, which oftentimes we seem to approach God more, more so when we need something than when we are giving him thanks. <laughs> Seems like that's the case. Then what, what business do I have thinking that God is going to answer the prayer if I have to tell God what to do first? Uh, so there's, there's that. And then there's also plenty of examples. And I don't know which direction we want to go with this, but I think to me, I, I, I think that this is a big thing in Christianity is the idea that, that somehow because of the authority that we have through the, through Jesus, the, the authority that's invested in us. And I come from the more of the charismatic background, Pentecostal background, where there's a lot of emphasis on healing and prophecy and the gifts of the spirit. And I've been in a lot of settings where there was a lot of, there was a lot of um, forceful speaking for, you know, God, I, rather than saying, rather than asking God to do something, it was, I command this headache you know, to be, to be out of this person or, or whatever. And that's, that is scriptural. And there are times in, in the Bible where Jesus did that, but I think it's good for us to keep in mind the fact that we aren't Jesus just because we have the authority that's in Jesus name. doesn't mean that everything that we saw Jesus ever do is something that is that we should or will be seeing Christians do. There's a difference between authority and power and power and ability comes from God. Now I'm not going right. to tell you that you cannot heal someone. God has used me to heal someone three times. I have prayed that God would heal someone thousands of times. For whatever reason, right. God said no every time. But well, I'm glad I did because he, he said yes three times, and that was really neat. But I've never had the power and ability to heal anyone at any time. And the Bible doesn't say that anyone has that. And we can get into first Corinthians and talk about the gifts, but I don't think we need to. Yeah. So God has probably healed people a lot more than you realize. So sometimes we pray for somebody and they're not immediately healed. Um, I was just holding my daughter the other day. I have a, a, a little over almost four week old daughter now. And so she is, when she was born, she had the, and hopefully that didn't come through. Sure did. Okay, you're dead. No audio. So she had this red streak on her eye. You lost the audio. Oh, it's there. It's very faint. Super faint. That's great. So we're going to rename this video How to Run Off All of Your Followers in 30 Minutes. Is it better now? Perfect. Keep going. Okay. Sorry. You had, Sorry about you that. had your daughter. Yeah. So anyway, she was born and she had this, uh, this red little red streak on her eye, on her eye. And it was in the white of her eye. Now this wasn't just like a red eye, like where somebody's tired. It was like a very, very pronounced red streak on her eye. 
And we prayed for her and we watched slowly over the course of three weeks. It's completely gone. And I was holding her the other day and I was thinking about this and I was thinking, you know, when we're praying for somebody for healing, God has created our bodies in such a way that people cannot come up with technology to even come close to touching what God did thousands of years ago when he created life. So as we're praying for somebody, for them to be healed, their body of cancer or whatever the need might be, their body is generating as we speak, generating new cells. Their body is, um, and and that's a a miracle. Their heart is continuing to beat. God has created us in such a way that our bodies regenerate themselves and rebuild all of the cells in our body are replaced. Well, at different, different timelines for different things. I think bones, it takes a little longer, but like most of the cells in your body are replaced every 21 days. So you're constantly being regenerated and that's a miracle in and of itself. The fact that we sometimes feel like, Oh, I prayed for, I prayed for healing for somebody and God didn't heal them or they died. Paul, Paul prayed for God to take a thorn from his flesh and God didn't take it. And does that mean that God didn't answer his prayer or does that mean that that he was still blessed that God had given him the miracle of life, sustained his life. And he had some, I would call it a first world problem (laughs) that he was complaining about. And we have those oftentimes. And I I find people complaining about things where I can look and kind of take a a step back and I can see God active in their life and answering many other prayers that have been prayed. And maybe he doesn't answer their prayer for healing or for whatever it might be as quick as they want. And so that can be looked at as, as a failure. But I was sitting there holding my daughter the other day and I was just thinking, God, you're really amazing because here I prayed for healing for this. And and I didn't even see it happen. And you're more glorified in the fact that you snuck this in there over the course of three weeks. And now I look down and all of a sudden it's gone. Then you would have been possibly if, if it would have been done instantly before my eyes. And it's still just as much God. I couldn't have fixed it. And I guess it's a common issue apparently for babies as they're born. It's a stress thing. But, you know, maybe a doctor could have gone in there and cut it out or done laser removal. But it was just, it's, it's, I was looking at it and thinking God answers prayer, but sometimes it takes time. So sometimes when we pray for healing, yeah, go ahead. So you bring up an interesting point and what it makes me think is that a lot of times if I pray for someone to be healed, what I want is them to immediately jump up out of their wheelchair and start running around the hospital. But the fact is maybe God wants that healing. Like in the case of your daughter to take some time, because he wants me to keep praying. And maybe that's something that's going to be good for me and good for the people around us, you know, as we're doing it. I, I, I don't know, but the thing I got to, I think it's important for me not to have expectations. I should have faith, but I think expectations often get in the way of praying. And then I get upset when my expectations aren't fulfilled. Right. Now, I got a question for you. Yeah. Uh, And I was going to change the subject a little and ask you a question. Are you good with that? That's fine. I actually, is Stephen in the staging area? Because I was going to open it up to questions. Can you send him an invite again? Yes, I will send that back across. So, yeah, we can change the subject. I I may want to come back to to healing because I think Stephen has some good insight on this, and I've talked with him about it before. But, yeah, I'll send him another link, and hopefully he'll get in there. But go ahead. No, that's fine. So the verse that I want to bring up is in Second Thessalonians, or no, I'm sorry, it's First Thessalonians 5.17. And it's one of the shortest verses in the Bible. It's only three words. And this verse really helped my prayer life. And it says, pray without ceasing. And I don't know about anyone else, but I was always stuck in the rut of praying in the morning, or praying before I went to bed. And if I did those things, I kind of felt like I did my duty and that was it. And yep, I prayed just like God said I'm supposed to do. And I would go on with my day. But really when I had a breakthrough and when I would feel the closest to God is when I would pray without ceasing. And don't get me wrong that didn't mean that my lips were moving the entire day as I was walking around doing everything. Yeah. So All right. So you don't take you don't take that literally, then I guess. Well, no, not literally. As far as I wouldn't talk to anyone else because I was too busy praying. The idea that I got is that I'm supposed to be in constant communication with God. There's not supposed to be a time of my day where I am not 
talking to God when a problem comes up. I'm bringing it to God. When something good happens, I'm thanking God. And I'll tell you, when I would really focus on it, so for some of you out there, you, you might not know, I'm self-employed. I do mostly plumbing, heating, and cooling. So I do a lot of what are called service calls. I drive to someone's house for one hour. Their heat doesn't work. I fix it. I go to the next person's house. They have no hot water. I fix it. So I'm constantly doing different jobs throughout the day, and most of them are an hour or two. And when I tried to apply this verse to my daily life, every time something good happened, which the book of James tells us that every good and perfect gift comes down from the father of lights. Okay. So I, I knew every time something good happened, God had a hand in that. Now I believe that some people don't, they don't think God is that much involved in our personal life, but I certainly do. I believe that God is involved. God has something to say. God wants to be a part of every minute of our life. So I would start thanking God whenever something went well. And whenever I would have trouble, I would go to God. And I, I, would, I would do this as much as I could throughout the day. And man, it changed my life. It gave me such a good attitude. And it gave me so much patience and so much kindness and sweetness to everybody that I was talking to because I was constantly talking to God. So it's as if I have this idea that God is standing right next to me, which really makes sense if you're literate concerning the New Testament, because we're just talking about the Holy Spirit who indwells us. So God is there with me everywhere I would go. And it made me into a different person. And a big part of that was simply because I was praying without ceasing. So if I was driving too slow and someone would speed around me and yell at me out the window and cut me off, I would thank God that I was not married to that woman because she seems miserable. And, you know, and uh, when I would run into a customer that was in a bad mood or something that went poorly in a job, I would ask God for help. And it just made me constantly think that God was next to me and it gave me a good attitude. It helped tremendously rather than just praying for five minutes in the morning, praying for five minutes in the evening, saying that I did my duty and that was it and I was finished. Okay, so we are going to bring in a friend of ours here. Stephen, I'm going to count you in and you are live on the Bible Thumper podcast. Bible Thumper podcast can you say hello and introduce yourself you're a friend of caleb's down in texas correct yeah um i'm actually in oklahoma but yes um i've known caleb for several years now and my name is steven and yeah i am up in oklahoma whereabouts in oklahoma do you know where Stillwater's at i don't know where anything is <laughs> well um a little bit north of um oklahoma city Kind of between Tennessee and Tulsa, yeah. Okay, I could find that on a map. I'm going to count Caleb in, and Caleb, you're coming in. I'm going to ask that you would kind of introduce Stephen here and ask him a question and get him going on prayer. All right, can you hear me or not? Yes, but it sounds tinny and not very loud. And, and Caleb, right, let so me just take a second to thank you for switching microphones without testing it while we're live. A lot of guys wouldn't have the courage, but you do, and that's commendable. Caleb's special right, like so that. I'm not sure if it's going to work or not. Hopefully we get it sorted out. Yeah, and your audio is on now. What's that? We can hear you. Okay. So uh, I've known Stephen for about as long as I know Patrick, maybe, I don't know, I may have known Patrick a, a little bit longer. Uh, Stephen, I guess we met through your brother. Um, I'm not yep. sure which I met first, but anyways, we were all practicing music together. I used to teach music and that's how I met both Patrick and Stephen. And so we've discussed among other things, uh, scripture, music, and uh, faith over the years. And Stephen's a great friend. And I think he's a great man of faith. And so, Stephen, I will just quickly throw this out. I'm not trying to flatter you, but uh, you know, as well as anyone, anytime that I have a, 
urgent prayer request, you're one of the first people I call just because I know how, um, how, how deep your faith is and, and how you pray. And I always appreciate that. So I, uh, I, of course, that's why I was like, Hey, I want to ha- have you hop on to this uh, podcast. So I appreciate that. Well, yeah, likewise. I mean, kind of going back to what Caleb just said, yeah, we met through music. Um, really, really a blessing. I had been taking music lessons and uh, with somebody that really didn't share the same kind of faith that I was raised with. And um, so, yeah, it was really, really awesome to get to meet Caleb. And you know, we've just been friends for a lot of years. And I'd say the same thing whenever I have an urgent prayer need. I mean, Caleb is definitely one I call. And then, you know, I've got, you know, uh, several people that I call, but my, my mom was a prayer warrior. My grandma was a prayer warrior. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, definitely, definitely thankful for those, those kind of people in my life. So Stephen, let me ask you a question. Caleb wanted to have you on tonight. And, uh, do, do you have, if you could tell us all one thing that has helped you in your life and helped change your Christian life concerning prayer, what would it be? Okay, you have an audience with the whole world, or at least five people that are watching this video right now. Uh, so here it is. You can change the world. What is the one thing that helped you the most that you learned about prayer and helped your Christian life? Yeah, I mean... Really, I think a lot of it just goes back to seeing it practiced. Um, in the house that I grew up in, prayer was really essential. You know, whenever we were um, going through something, we we prayed a lot together as a family. Um, my family, we fasted together whenever I was young. Um, my, my mom um, lost a couple um, children. Um, a couple of my young, young brothers were... Um, passed away from SIDS, um, sudden infant death syndrome. And so I remember being about eight years old and uh, mom coming and telling us that she was going to have another baby and that mom and dad felt like it would be a good thing for us to all fast together as a family and just seek God's um, intervention and just blessing on, on our family. And so I think that instilled, um, a lot of importance on the power of prayer in my life from just a really early age. And, you know, I could go on about countless times that I've seen the power of prayer um, manifest itself. And, you know, like, man, I think kind of what you were saying about, um, you know, sometimes you pray for somebody and you just want to see them healed instantly, or you want to, um, you kind of, Caleb spoke about kind of the trend to just like go and speak a command very boldly. And, um, very demanding I guess you would say Uh, I was always taught you know to take prayer as they approach much like what Jesus did in the garden um, you know whenever he prayed before the father and said you know not my will but thine be done you know if it if it be your if it be possible let this cup pass from me and so that was how I was taught to pray you know we prayed in faith believing that God heard our prayers but also that we had to pray, like you said, Patrick, according to God's will. So, um, yeah, I think that was pretty um, monumental in my life, just kind of growing up in that in that environment. And then talking about prayer being really um, personal, you know, I've seen probably times where I've had the most spiritual growth in my life was the times that I've been more intentional with my time in prayer and you know, devoting um, time in the morning to not just lightly say a prayer in the back of my mind, but to try to reverently um, seek the Lord and ask for his direction guidance. So, yeah, I think that would have to be um, the biggest thing that's impacted my life, I suppose. Okay, Caleb. You just joined in. I was asking Stephen to tell us about the most impactful thing that he learned and that helped his Christian walk as far as prayer goes. I think I've done most of the talking on this thing, so I'm trying to I was, share the time I was feeling, here in the last 15 I was feeling minutes. the same way. I'm actually really glad we got somebody else on here. Um, so I, we kind of touched on healing a little bit. 
and we talked on a little bit of faith. Um, so I, a couple of things I wanted to say, um, I mentioned the fact that we shouldn't be too, too demanding of God, but I also do think that there is a point of interceding. So if you look at Abraham and Lot and Abraham's conversation with God, that was, a, uh, that was close to vain repetition. He just changed it up a little bit every time he went back to God with a new request. And it's really interesting to see how God actually honored that request. And that's a very good example of seeing how somebody's prayers in interceding for someone else, that it seems like it altered God's plan of attack. And so I think that there is a point of, of appealing to God's mercy. And that is something that we should be be open to and believe in and realize that he's able to do that. If you look at people that came to Jesus when he was walking on the earth and they came to him to make a request, you know, to raise somebody from the dead or to heal them, they never came and said, I command you to go and, you know, raise my daughter from the dead. They went, they appealed to his mercy, believing in his power, believing that, that he had the authority, believing that they were nothing. And so I just think that it's always good for us to keep that in mind as we do approach God or as we do believe in the authority that is in Jesus name, that we maintain the humility of realizing that just because we have the ability to go to God through, through Jesus in that way, and that we don't, that there's not the boundaries or the barriers that there used to be in the old Testament, that it still doesn't mean that we're somehow that that authority makes us all this. And, and, and then some more, you know, we're still nothing. It's just, it's just Jesus. And so as we, as we do go to him in prayer to, to, to mean that, maintain that uh, approach of appealing to his mercy, so that was, I was wondering if you guys could find, there's been, a, I, there's a, some examples of where God has answered prayers on the spot and, and healed. And I've seen miracles in my life personally. A couple of times I had um, uh, some personal issues health wise and God, God answered those prayers. Financially, I've seen God answer prayers, take care of us where we were down to the last dollar in our account. And the day before we needed to pay a bill, there was just enough money. I mean, over and over again, that's one really awesome thing to living broke for years and through the time that we were paying off our debt, there was so many times where it was like, I got, I don't know why you did it this way or how it worked out, but just at the last minute I was stressed about it. And I didn't think it was going to work out. And all of a sudden there's just enough money. And, and I can honestly say, looking back, we've been, it'll be, we're going on 10 years of marriage next year. My wife just mentioned that to me this morning. She's like, well, next year is going to be our 10th wedding anniversary. I was like, wow, where did the time go? And looking back, it's like, God has taken care of us. We've never had some, had a need that he didn't meet. We've always had enough it's never been too much. Um, there's even, even since we've paid off the rest of our debt, uh, financially, we've had some really tough times where we barely had enough and God's taken care of us just enough. And he didn't give us a surplus. And, and I can look at that and it's like, that is a miracle. And I prayed for God to take care, take my finance, my financial issue at, at some point when I was in debt and Patrick, you know, because I owed you money at one point, it took me a lot longer than I planned to pay it back. And, um, but eventually God has helped me and he's answered those prayers. But there was times where I asked God, would you help me get out of debt? And it didn't happen overnight. I struggled with that debt for years. And, and then now it's like all of a sudden one day I looked back and I was like, I didn't even notice we're out of debt. We don't, we don't have any debt anymore. What a blessing that is. And so different things like that. So I was just wondering if either of you guys have something you could speak to where you've actually personally experienced God answering your prayers. I think that would be cool just to have that testimony. Stephen, do you want to jump in? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of just what you is what you saying there about debt. Um, Caleb and I, I think have a pretty similar journey that we went through with debt. I know Caleb and I spent some time talking about it um, early on when we both felt pretty convicted to um, try to get out of debt and make that a priority in our lives. So we definitely had those times where um, money was really tight and things were difficult, but you know, I kind of go back, probably the neatest testimony I can share to the to the power of God and, and mercy on somebody that's really ignorant and stupid like myself. Um, whenever my wife and I first got married, I had a lot of debt. I was not good about managing my money. And um, so I hadn't really disclosed all of that to her. And so um, the week before our wedding, I maxed out my last credit card and didn't have money for um, gas. Just so you know, these are not looks of judgment here from us. We're both <laughs> no. laughing. We're laughing with you. We're not judging yeah. you at all. I'm actually scratching my whole face. <laughs> yeah. And it's pleasurable when I roll my eyes. It yeah. relieves headaches. I hear you. Um, but uh, yeah, so I maxed out my card, didn't have money for gas, 
um, literally was the gaslight was on in my vehicle. I drove over 30 minutes one way to work and back. And I drove that whole week on the power of prayer. So I made it to and from work the whole week. So <laughs> there's, there's a testimony um, for the power of prayer. <laughs> um, so your car was like a menorah. Yeah, yes, it was. <laughs> the oil didn't wow. go out out of the fuel. Um, but beyond that, so that first year of marriage, you know, we um, kind of had to sit down and really evaluate finances and the, the mess we were in. Um, and my paycheck, I, I mean, I don't want to exaggerate it, but it was over $100 short of being able to cover all of our bills and buy groceries. So we were in a pretty tight spot when we first got married. And so we had to be really disciplined and I took on a lot of side work. And every time we thought, you know, oh man, we've got these bills coming up, um, something would come up, like some job would come up, I could go do this or I could travel for work and they would pay me an extra per diem. And um, I think about, a scripture in James where it says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. And he said, um, talking about wisdom, he said, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering for he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed for let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. We have to be willing to put in the work, you know? So if you're praying to get out of debt, you have to be willing to put in the work. So you can't just sit at home and be like, Oh God, you know, um, take this debt away and then a job comes up and you're not willing to go do it. <laughs> like you gotta, we worked hard, you know? <laughs> you know, I once heard a guy say the best place to pray for potatoes is at the end of a hoe. Yeah. Yep. I like it. Um, yeah. So we've, um, but that year, that first year kind of to wrap up my testimony there, that first year we paid off, uh, my wife could tell you it was either thirteen or sixteen thousand dollars worth of debt, and that was on my base um, salary that couldn't even really pay all of our bills. There was a lot of intervention throughout that year that God did, but um, yeah, He's merciful on us when we're stupid. But um, I think He wants us to learn from our mistakes. <laughs> so. If I'm going to give a story, Caleb, are you okay with me jumping in? Yeah, jump in. But hey, can somebody, Stephen, do you mind posting, when, if you get a chance, I'm trying to do it here and I can't figure out how to do it. Or somebody post the Be Live TV link into the comments here. I'm so handicapped with technology that I should have my, my uh, daughter running this for me. But in case somebody else wants to jump in, since we don't have the phone number up and live, um, oh, yeah. we, somebody should post that into the comments. But anyway, so yeah, go ahead, Patrick. we get a fourth person up here? We should be able to have four people on here at once, but we could also kick me or somebody else off. But anyway, okay, go, go ahead, Patrick. Let's hear your. You do realize we have seven minutes left. Okay, well, let's not waste valuable time talking about it. Just, just shoot off with your. Uh, okay, here story. we go. It's pasted, or it's there. Bada bang. Okay. Okay, so I haven't heard any sound effects yet. Goes, I'm going to talk to you about uh, physical healing. Okay, so I ended up having really bad bursitis in my knees. And I didn't know what that was. And my knees started hurting and they started hurting more and they started hurting more. And I'm in construction, you know, and a lot of what I do is plumbing. So there's no way for a plumber to do anything without getting on his knees. So I ended up going into a doctor. I don't remember the type of doctor. An orthopedic, is that the guy that deals with joints and knees? I and think ankles? so, yeah. Okay. So I, I went in that. there. Cause I wanted to, you know, I wanted answers and I wanted to see exactly what was going on. And he told me what the situation was. And he told me what we can do is we can have surgery. We can go in, we can clean it out. We can do this and that. But he said, you just have to stay off your knees because it's only going to get worse and it's going to get worse more rapidly. And your case is really bad. He said, so, you know, the big thing is just stay off your knees and you'll be fine. And I looked at him and I was thinking, uh, I'm on my knees like four to eight hours a day and that's how I make a living. And he's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just saying you have to stay off your knees or you're going to need surgery twice a year. And I was thinking, okay, that's only going to last so long. So I was really demoralized. 
So I got in my car. I think I was in the parking lot and I didn't know what to do or say. And I just said, God, if you don't heal these knees, I don't know how I'm going to make a living. So I really need you to just come in and perform a miracle and make this go away. So anyway, I went home and I told my wife and I showed her the report and she's as concerned as I am. And you can understand why. I mean, both of us knew that this was bad news and neither of us had any kind of solution or answer for it. So anyway, um, it was maybe two or three days later, my wife, I come home from work and she's like, oh, hey, how are your knees feeling? And for the first time I thought about it and I was like, my knees don't hurt at all. And that was it. My knees have never hurt since. And that was like 15 years ago. It wasn't wow. like a couple of weeks. Like my knees have never had that same problem. I never had to get surgery once or medication or any kind of stretching or exercises or nothing. Just all of a sudden I turn around. I'm like, oh yeah, that don't hurt anymore. So, wow. I, you know, I got back down on my knees and thanked God for it because I, I felt kind of stupid because it took me several days to realize that I was healed. <laughs> but, you know, that was it. And whenever I get asked about it, I'm like, yeah, God can heal people. I've seen him do it, you know, with lots of different people. He did it with me once. I wish God would heal some other ailments for a lot of people. But, you know, God has a plan. And it's big and it's way above my head and I don't have to worry about it. I just got to pray and I do it with faith. And sometimes I get a yes, sometimes get a no, but God's in control. Well, it's awesome. It sounds like God sent you to a really bad doctor because doctors are in, <laughs> they're in the business of making money. And so he obviously told you too many side effects there and you went to a better doctor because he scared you off. He, he ran you off to the competition, which was free in this case. Yeah. I've never been, to, I've never been to a doctor, so I don't know. And that's, I'm living proof that 30 some odd years into, I should know how old I am. Uh, 33, I'll be 34, 33, something like that this year. However old God has healed every time that something came up, God has healed me. And people could say, well, how can you say that's for sure a healing? Every time I've had a headache or every time I've had a backache and my back was out of place or your knee is hurting a few days later, it's gone. That's God healing you. God's the one that made your body. Other things don't fix themselves like that. So it's just as much of a miracle every time that God heals us. There's been times where it was very clearly a miracle. There was a time during childbirth that my wife had a fever. We prayed over her and her fever dropped. And it was a very much a miracle. My daughter recently, she was sick and she came to me and she said, um, you know, she was crying and she was, she'd thrown up and I'll try to make, keep this brief, but she said, uh, should we pray and ask God to fix or I, well, I don't remember how the whole conversation went for sure, but I, I ended up telling her, well, I think you'll feel better in a few, a few days, give it two or three days and you'll feel better. She said, I think we should pray and ask God to heal me in one second. And I said, do you believe that God would heal you in one second? She said, yes. And I said, would you, would you still love God if it took him longer than one second to heal you? And she said, yes. So she prayed and she prayed for God to heal her in one second. We took her temperature. She had a fever, took her temperature after, after we prayed and her fever was gone or it dropped quite a bit. I can't remember. Anyway, it was, it was immediate results to see God answer a prayer. Okay. It took we a few days before she was completely better. Left. Hold on. We have one and a half minutes left. Each of us gets 30 seconds. And we're going to answer a question. How does one balance faith that he can and surrender when he does not. So I'm going to start with that. Okay. I think it is important. And the Bible says it's important that we pray with faith because the fact is, if we don't believe that God can do it, okay, then what's the point? Okay. We Amen. need to know who God is. And when we pray, we have to believe that he can do it. But for me, I have to understand that I don't know God's plan. And what's crazy is we read through the New Testament, we read about all the amazing healings, but what we often neglect is all the people Jesus didn't heal. And there were a lot of them. Why didn't he? I don't know, but I'm not God. And that's the greatest relief in my life. Stephen, you got 30 seconds. Please go. Yeah. So I guess the scripture that comes to my mind on this exact topic is John 14, 12. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I'll do it. But the caveat there is that we ask 
in his name and that it glorifies the father and the son, you know, I think that's where, um, we kind of just have this expectation. It's like, Oh, well, you know, but it has to be according to his will, you know, and we're out of time glorify the father. All right. I think you guys both answered that very good. Um, Tune back in with us next week, Friday night. Every night we're live on here. Next week we are talking about how do I know I'm in a cult? So that's going to be an interesting topic. Tune in next week and um, you can find us online at uh, BibleThumper.us. Find us on Facebook, follow us there, and we'll see you guys next week. God bless you. Have a good night.